Welcome to the podcast. On this show, I usually have discussions with guests, but today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Today, I'm not interviewing anyone, and I'm actually going to host and guest on my own show. The topic I want to talk about today is setting up your business for scalable growth. I'm going to share some tactics and strategies that have not only worked for me, but has also worked for my clients, guests on this show, as well as my colleagues in this space. I'm going to focus on stages of growth that all startups will go through and where your focus and priorities should be for each stage. I also share where I see most startups getting stuck. Now, onto the intro. Welcome back. You're listening to Hardwired for Growth, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking for sustainable and scalable growth strategies, led by your host, Brett Trainer. Welcome back. As I mentioned in the opening, there are three stages of startup growth. The first phase is learning, the second stage is foundational, and the third stage is what I call operationalize. Not all startups will reach all three stages. Most tend to get stuck in the second stage. But we'll get to that in a minute. Each stage has key thresholds that your businesses will need to get through in order to get to the next stage of growth. There are no predetermined timelines or durations for each, and some businesses definitely scale more quickly than others. And what I want with the intent of today's episode is really to help you get through those stages as quickly and efficiently as possible. Your priorities and focus as well as you should be spending your time as a founder will also be different in each stage. What I want to do today are three things. First, I want to introduce you to the three stages of growth. Second, I want to talk about each of the three key thresholds where businesses tend to get stuck. And last but not least, and definitely probably most importantly, you know, some tactics and strategies that can help your business get unstuck or in best case, you know, help you and avoid and you getting stuck. In future solo episodes, I'll break down each of these stages in much greater detail. All right, let's dive in. The first stage of growth is what I call the learning stage. This is where this is no longer a side hustle for you. You've jumped all in. This is now your business. You probably have a few customers. You may have some folks helping you part-time, but but essentially it's you, you are the business and you're you're 100% in. And I think the threshold that you're trying to get past here, at least the key one, is is market acceptance, right? You're really trying to determine, you know, does the market, do customers value what I'm offering? You know, is it solving their problem? And is is the market going to be big enough to grow the business, you know, where I want to get it to? So I think the first question you need to answer for yourself is what type of company do I want, right? Is this going to be a solopreneur lifestyle business or do I want to build a, a company that's going to have employees and, you know, grow and, and scale as a business? There's no right or wrong answer, but it's going to help you prioritize and plan where you want to take the business, I think the key area of uh, prioritization at this stage is really around the customer. So engaging deeply with them, understanding their pain points, what are the problems that you're solving for them? And I think the key questions you're trying to answer are, you know, what problems do I solve? How am I going to solve them? How am I going to solve them differently? You know, sometimes better, but better is hard to measure. So you really want to think about how am I doing it differently than other folks? And also is the is the market size there, right? So if I start to understand what is the problem, then you got to figure out how big the problem is. I think at this point, you're also trying to really finalize or nail down your ideal customer. You may do some testing, you may see what fits. 
But as you progress into the next stage, this is going to be a key component. And, you know, one of the things that I always recommend is, is, is be as niche as possible, right? Niche enough that you can focus and you get really good at one thing before you branch out into solving other problems. Too many founders or entrepreneurs get caught up in the, well, I can solve all problems, you know, for all people and end up chasing a dollar instead of really focusing on what's going to help their business, the next area I would look at from an operational standpoint is really start to figure out, you know, what your product's going to cost you to deliver or make. And then on the opposite side, you know, what is the sale price going to look like? The next stage of growth is what I call the foundational stage. This is where you've obviously moved beyond market acceptance. You have a good grasp of who your customers are and the problems that you're solving for them. And now you start to scale the business. Typically, I don't like to put dollar ranges, but if, if I was going to, I would say between you know $200,000 and maybe up to $2 million businesses would, would kind of fit into that, that range. As I mentioned earlier, this is also the stage where I think if I read the statistic right, that 90% of startups get stuck. It's in this, uh, this phase is they just can't get over the hurdle to get a really you know, scaling growth company. And the threshold that the majority of founders get stuck at is what I call founders capacity. And you that have had your own businesses will, will understand this. Um, the simplest definition is, you know, if it could be a founder, it could be co-founders. You've got enough customers that you can't bring on another customer without something else dropping, right? It's, it's probably you and your co-founder, maybe a one or two part-time people, but you can't get the business beyond this threshold. And what typically happens is, you know, a lot of the, the, the founders or entrepreneurs will burn out if they can't get over this hurdle. So where I like to have folks focus and prioritize are, are really in the areas of, you know, first at the company level, you know, what's the goals for the company, right? Now that you have a pretty good understanding of, you know, cost of sale, you know what your, you know, average deal size is, that you can start to project, right, what that revenue model is going to look like. And, and part of that's also going to help you understand where you will have the budget, you know, and the capacity to bring on additional resources. And we'll get to the people side of it in a minute. So it's really starting to think out what is the goal for the company? What is the plan? What do I want to achieve? And now you have the numbers to kind of back into that. Two, I think you, you need to now is the time to start thinking about the personality of the company. You know, you can call it culture, personality. I think the culture will form as you grow and it's important to, to pay attention to. But, you know, what do you want out of, out of the business? Um, I think this is really important as you start to hire people that it should match, you know, like I said, the, the personality and, and the culture of what you're building. And the last piece I would mention on the company side is really starting to look at the, the financial insights, right? You now have the understanding of, you know, cost and expense and, you know, starting to look at those opportunities. So again, you don't necessarily have to drill too deep into this area, but make sure it's on your radar. You know, as far as customer, you know, this is where you're refining your messaging and positioning, you know, make sure it's consistent. Everybody in the company even if it's just one, two, is, is speaking the same language and, and talking about the same value 
across uh, the organization. I think one of the biggest disconnects I see is between online and offline, right? So if somebody's looking at your website or looking at your social media and the messaging is different than when they're having a conversation with you, you know, that's, you know, that's a check mark and it's hard to overcome, you know, a disconnect in, in that messaging. Uh, the other area I would really highly recommend is, is revving up the, the marketing engine and specifically around content marketing. Uh, if you've been a, a fan of the show and you've listened to many of the founders, their number one regret is not marketing earlier. And I know there's a lot of different ways you can go. You can look at paid, but I think where the differentiator and kind of the cost of doing business these days is really around the content marketing, putting valuable pieces of content out there that your prospects and, and customers will consume. We'll get into how to do that here in a little bit, but you know, definitely make that one of your priorities. And now we're starting to look you know, at the operations of the company where in, you know, in the learning stage, you could you could really just wing it and, you know, go on a whim. But at this stage, to get through this stage, you really need to start documenting some of the key processes. And most of the time, it's either going to be in the lead management or the sales process. But in some case, if you've got a reoccurring model, it could be, you know, onboarding customer success. Really look at it from your business of where, you know, the growth is going to come from. And what is the repeatable processes that we should get documented? Two, you really start to establish baselines for key metrics and performance indicators. Specifically, you should at, at this point know what your, your cost of customer acquisition is going to be, cost to retain a customer is, and, and really importantly is the customer lifetime value. Uh, at this stage of the company, it's much easier to calculate. You may not have enough customers to get a really good understanding of, of lifetime value, but you need to draw, you know, kind of a stake in the ground and, and set up a baseline metrics. Because as you start to scale and really grow, this again will help you identify where to focus. You know, once you get larger, you know, it's really expensive to get new customers. So I'm going to put more effort into make sure I retain those customers. In an ideal world, you, you do both, but it's sometimes you're going to have to make more investment in different areas. So really set up the baseline of your, your key performance indicators. Uh, another area is kind of look at your ROI and lead generation campaigns. And this could be as simple as I'm doing a Yelp <laughs> campaign. I'm getting good success. It's just really starting to document and track so you know where your investment dollars are going and where you're getting the greatest return. Because as, you know, as you're looking at you know, growth potential, you know, you, you probably leverage your network in the learning stage to get those first few customers. You're going to have to find folks that don't know you to really scale the company. And in the last area of operation I would, I would focus on is set up a strong data infrastructure. Uh, I know it sounds simple and you may not need the data at, at this stage, but if you don't get set up now, as you start to scale the business, you know, it's going to get away from you and it's really hard to clean up data once you know you're, you're scaling the business, so put up that data infrastructure soon, so you're able to track everything that's going to be important to your to your business. Now we're starting to get to into the, the people side of it, right? So as the founders are starting to step back, right, you're not going to be 100 percent charge of everything. In order to scale, you're going to have to bring some folks on to help you. And I think it's important to understand, you know, where your skill sets are, where your strengths are and where the company's going to need additional resources to scale. And 
the, the common trap is, ooh, this person, I really like this person, I'm going to bring them on. But as I, I mentioned earlier, I think it's important to understand that you get the right fit for the company. And even more importantly is have clear expectations of, of what you want to done with, with the job. Even if it's contractors, there's nothing wrong with using contractors at this stage to help you scale the business, but go through the same process. Make sure that partner is a good fit for your organization and make sure that there's clear expectations on what you're expected and you know what the outcomes are going to be. Also at this point, as we talked about you know, documenting some of the key processes, this is where you're going to start to understand and build out some core training capabilities. If you look and think about if you're bringing folks on, early on, you can probably share your knowledge of how you do it. But again, if we're trying to get to a really scaling company, you're going to have to have that documented. The third stage of growth is what I've kind of coined, you know, the operational stage, right? You're operationalizing your business. You've got the business is scaling from the work that you've done in the foundational stage. You've got increasing number of customers and the business is really starting to ramp. This threshold a lot of companies hit during this stage is what I call a secondary plateau, right? Everything that you put into the foundational stage, you know, the documents, the documentation, the process work, you know, allowed you to scale to, you know, anywhere to two million, one to two million dollars in revenue. But now you've, you've really got to take that next step and really become, I don't want to call it a real company because you had a real company before, but put the infrastructure in of a, a real company. And, you know, if you, you start with the, the company stage, you're looking at, you know, updated your company goals. You, you had some targets in the foundational stage, and now you're starting to do some, you know, more advanced planning to really understand where you want to take this business to. This is also a stage where you may be looking at additional funding to help, you know, provide and scale up the business, but that's going to vary greatly depending on, you know, your company and back to, to what your goals are. I think from a customer perspective, you're always focused on the customer, but this is the stage where you'd want to formalize a customer insights program. If you didn't establish it in the foundational stage, really think about it and implement it at this point. And what do I mean by customer insight program? One piece that I am a big fan, it's super simple, is net promoter score, right? It's the, the simple question of, would you recommend on a scale of one to 10, recommending my product or service or company to a friend? Again, that's not a one-time shot. You should be measuring this on a consistent basis to see you know, if there's potential, it's, it's forward looking to see if you got a potential problem in the business. And, but I would also recommend taking a, a step further that most companies don't do on an ongoing basis is a one loss analysis. And what I mean by one loss analysis is, you know, you've got customers that went through your, your sales pipeline and for either ended up doing business with you or they ended up not doing business with you. They either decided not to do anything or they went with the competitor. And I think it's important to have conversations with both to understand why they bought from you and maybe even more importantly, why they didn't buy from you. And again, this shouldn't be a, a one-time, hey, we've got a problem, let's dig in. Just should be part of you know, your ongoing alignment with your, your customer. And secondarily is also what I would call customer experience analysis. You know, take a few folks that have gone, you know, from the, the sales process all the way through the onboarding and now they're, they're a, an ongoing customer, have a conversation with them and understand, 
what that experience was like. I know a couple of companies I've I've worked with, you know, the feedback came back as we got larger that, you know, I felt like I was working with four different companies as I was going through the process because what we had done inadvertently was created kind of a a handshake process where we went basically handed the customer off through each stage of the journey instead of creating a, a seamless process. So I think that's really important to get this established now. Ideally, you set up you know, kind of a baseline in the foundational stage, but this needs to be a core of, of your company going forward. And I think also at this stage is this is where you're going to look at additional sales channels, whether it's partners, markets, you know, as I talked about earlier, looking at niching down, really getting good at the one problem that you're solving in maybe one industry. And now you've got the expertise, if you will, to, to look at expanding into other markets. I think from an operational standpoint, the, the key process is that you documented early on. Now you've got to document all of them. And it really from a go-to-market practice, this is lead gen, you know, sales, onboarding, customer success, customer service, really create a, a kind of a detailed plan of what that looks like. You know, why that's important is you're going to be hiring, you know, a lot more people and you're not going to be able to rely on, you know, word of mouth and knowledge sharing, right? It's going to have to be a program where you're building it out. I think it's also important now to look at identify processes to automate. A lot of the reasons why companies get hit with that secondary plateau is everything is still very manual. So now's the time to look at, especially non-value added processes that you have, look at ways to automate it, but be very intentional with, with what you're doing. And from the people standpoint, this is you know going to be, you know, one of the priorities, if not priority one, is, you know, leveraging the documents you've docked so you know what people need to do and really start to make sure you align, you know, the job descriptions with, with the compensation that everything's in alignment there. And I think I I was going to say develop a learning and development program, but I think it's really implementing a learning and development program because the better training and alignment that you have with your employees, you know, you really want to minimize, you know, churn. You want to create an environment that's, you know, inviting that aligns with what we talked about, the personality of your company and that you're bringing people in that they clearly know what they're, they're being asked to do and that the compensation is aligned with that. I know I threw a lot of information at you today. This was not meant to be an exhaustive list, but really just help you to think about where you are in your growth journey and maybe where some of your focus should be as you're currently in the business and as you're looking at your, the goals for the company and where you're we're trying to grow it. I will have a checklist available that kind of summarizes, you know, the, the stages of growth and key priorities for you know, different areas of the business as you're, you're starting to scale. And like I mentioned this, the start of the show, I'm looking at doing some additional, you know, solo episodes or with the guest where we dig into each of the phases with very specific tactics and strategies to help you, again, either get your business unstuck or prevent it from getting stuck and, and get through this, the process as quickly as possible. Again, love feedback, any questions, please reach out. Thanks again. Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to Hardwired for Growth. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit brettrainer.com. That's B-R-E-T-T, followed by his last name, T-R-A-I-N-O-R.com. 
Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.